welcome to Mule Tip Tuesday. I got some good stuff for you guys today. But today's Mule Tip is brought to you by Western Mule Magazine. And I love Ben and Nita. They're great people. We write for them every month. And a great magazine. Tell me the sponsors, guy. The Boyd Ranch Mule Ride. That's coming up the second week in March. Yep, right? so the second week in March. Yeah, and we have a clinic there the... Is it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Our clinic is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then their meal ride is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I don't know. I can't remember if it's Sunday, Sunday. but it's re it's really fun. Great food, great people. Um, so we really appreciate them. Uh, they have new people running it this yeah, year, right? Yep. Our good friend Lisa Taka is a big part of that. She uh, hosts this one for us, and she hosts Sedona, and she's been coming to clinics f for six years now. So wow, and Scott Anyways. that's running it there too. Yep. He's doing a really good job putting the word out so go check it out if you haven't heard of it boydranch.org boydranch.org so tell them thanks for sponsoring these podcasts too okay so today's tip is also a question um uh sally roberts wrote in and sky read the email or the message you want to fill us in what's going on because i was just looking at it, just taking notes what, what was she saying earlier? Oh, well, it was a longer message. I'd, I'd have to look at it to, to read it all. Okay. And it it's was on long. my phone. So. Well, <laughs> basically, she, what I got out of it is she's saying that she thinks that her mule knows better. And she says her mule knows the exercise, but she says, like a child, the mule doesn't want to cooperate. And she has some other things in there. So, Sky, maybe you can remember that while I'm explaining this. Yeah, um, we just got that question while we was driving down here. So I want to speak on these uh, this idea of, and I and I hear it all the time where we'll say, you know, people will say, well, yeah, my mule knows better, but they do it anyways, or they know better and they're naughty, or they don't cooperate, or like this Sally saying, they're like a child and they don't cooperate. So first thing I want to I want to mention here is that they're not capable of that. So the mule lacks a large frontal lobe. They're not capable of knowing better and being naughty just for the fun of it. Okay. We do that. We're humans and we are totally capable of that, right? You can know better. You know it's wrong to um, steal bubble gum from the store but you really want the bubble gum so maybe you stole it humans do things like that mules are not capable they're they're literally their their brains aren't capable of formulating this idea so if it seems like your mule doesn't know they don't know and this is kind of a big subject that's why i wanted to speak on it because there's a lot to this um well some people say well i've i've done this a hundred times with my mule, how come they're doing it today? Remember, the mule is very instinctual. And until you get them on the thinking side of their mind, you're going to get the, the instinct overdrive. And this is when basically they're just looking for peace. They're looking for whatever it is they think is going to feel good to them mentally and physically. And that will override whatever it is you're asking. It's easier, or they look for whatever yep. is easier. So maybe they're just misunderstanding your question, and it's easier to leave yep. the situation. 
Yeah, they will do whatever is easiest for sure. So part of this deal, I've also, and this, ha this has lots of little fingers and arms to it, Sky, because the other part of this is if, if you're not making it good to be there all the time, even if you've done it a hundred times, if you're not making it easy to be there, easy to do whatever it is you want them to do, they will still seek something else. And maybe it's just that time that they said, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm looking for something better because they're not getting the reward. So that's a big part of it is it's not that they are are being belligerent. It's not that they're going to be like, all right, Sky, I'm going to really make you mad today. I'm going to I'm well, going to do she, something that, She mentioned you know, in here, too, that it, she asked if it's disrespect, you know, like she doesn't really... Yeah. And, and maybe if she's watching, Sally, you can tell us if we're uh, getting your question right, but... Um, yeah, I hope Sally's on here watching because this yeah. is for her. So, um, well, it's for all of you guys, but she asked specifically, you know, with the whole disrespect thing, the, the whole disrespect thing is a little challenging, you guys, because, you know, we use that word because we lack some vocabulary you know it's hard to put a word to it but just like i mentioned you know that frontal lobe that we have as humans that large frontal lobe that is where the respect or disrespect comes from basically that frontal lobe is in charge of abstract thought horses mules equine don't have that large frontal lobe so um they 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 literally can't formulate they're not able to disrespect you. They're not able to. Um, and that's a human abstract thought for sure, you know. That's something that humans do. And, um, you know, so this, this idea of respect is a, little, is a little off. But, yeah, for lack of better words, we do use it. And you can kind of replace respect with the phrase getting along. You know, I want to get along with my mules. I don't expect them to respect me, but I expect them to get along. And so that can be a little challenging here. Was there any other parts um, of this? Well, this I, I had a here? thought too, because if you're, if you feel like they were doing really good at this before and now they're not, then maybe the way you were ending was not quite confirming, or maybe yep. they weren't actually understanding it. They were still guessing. You know what I mean? So maybe they just guessed right and they didn't understand what they did, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, Anyway, so that was a thought. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How you guys end, it makes all the difference in the world. You know, if you end right, I promise, at some point in time, you're going to start right. But if you're not ending right, then, you know, your starts are going to be a little off. And, and you're right, Sky. This could have been a situation where she's been working at this, she's been doing this over and over, and it's never coming down. And this other note that she has in here, she says sometimes during the groundwork, she, she kind of tries to turn up, the standard and, and tries to get these things going better. Um, I can't remember what else she well, said. Well, that's one thing. I couldn't tell if she meant on the ground or in the saddle. So, so you'll have to... So she know. says she's trying to turn up the standard. I'm not exactly sure what Sally means by turning up the standard, but she says that when she does, it creates escalation. So she's, I take from that that the, that the mule is going faster. She said when I get her feet busy, she'll get faster okay. and get going. So she'll try and do something, but she just gets faster when she asks a question yeah sounds like yeah and and if this isn't coming down so if you guys ask your mule a question and it builds their energy they get bothered and you can plug in any scenario this could be water crossing this could be transitions this could be turnarounds this could be 4-h class whatever 
um, if you're trying to get more from them and it just creates basically uncontrolled energy, just life without direction, basically, if it's creating that and you're not getting it back down, you're not getting that mule or that horse back down to that thinking frame of mind, then this can also leave that mule in this kind of a, a poor mental state. And, and then she's going to have these issues that she's talking about. So, you know, my suggestion to you, Sally, is, and if you listen to, I just did the Texas, the Arwini Texas Clinic debrief. Did you guys uh, listen to that on the podcast yet? But, you know, what she's kind of asking about goes along with, with some of these people there at the clinic we're dealing with. Um, and my suggestion to him, and it's my same to Sally here, is to ask smaller, more understandable questions and reward bigger. That is the key with, with a mule like this or a horse like this or a donkey. Ask smaller questions and reward bigger. Um, you know, and she says here at the end, do I deal with the disrespect or the anxiety? Well, we talked about the disrespect now because that's not really capable. So we got that addressed. Created here is answered by the second thing I just said too. Um, get them in a good male state of mind. Whatever that takes. Work on your relationships more than the physical exercises. And I guess this is something that I've been kind of changing. What do you think? I've been kind of shifting this way the last maybe two or three years, you know, talking a lot about getting them mentally comfortable. It's such an important piece. So do you have anything else you want to add? Well, I've seen Ty, well, the things that come to mind are more like an obstacle where I've seen Ty. For example, um, he was working through a water box at one point, or I think you were helping someone else work through it, you know, where you step in it and the water kind of pushes out. And the mule would do it a couple times, but I remember the time that it went over and you said, okay, confirmed. And, you know, I was like, oh, so like you had her do it. It wasn't just about getting through the the obstacle or the exercise. You had them do it until it seemed that that mule was confirming, okay, this is what I, okay, I get it now. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, obstacles are great examples for lessons like this because... You're right. A lot of times, whether it's an obstacle or an exercise, we just want to get it done and we treat it um, like something just to, to just to do. Okay, I did that. All right, I did it's that. Like it, to mark it off. Yep. Well, um, we call it a checklist. We call but it a checklist. Not supposed to just be like. That. But it's not like yeah. Okay, I did it once. Move on. It's how it's how they thought through it. That's what I care about. So you know your example of, of, of a water box or obstacle like that. I remember, I think you're talking about when we were in Dunnigan yeah. working through this. So we were in Dunnigan, California. This is two years ago now, almost two yeah. years ago. And working on this water box obstacle in one of our mealmanship two classes. Because occasionally, and especially in Dunnigan, we do a lot of obstacles in mealmanship two. So we were working on this and the mule went through it once and twice and multiple times. And the rider's like, okay, we're done. I'm like, no, no say, you're not. Okay, again. And they go, really? Yeah, you're not done yet, you know, because I care about how that mule thinks. So as you guys are working on anything, pay attention to those expressions. You know, we talk in the in, in our clinics, and I try to get you guys thinking in the clinics. I don't know how many times I say, okay, watch their expression. And then when you're writing, feel of them, feel of their expression. It's super important. So anyways, that's a great question, Sally. And um, 
Hopefully I, we I appreciate got that. it hopefully, right. <laughs> hopefully that helps. And you guys are watching. Let me know what you think of that. I, I love to hear your, or read your comments. I can't hear them. I can read them. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I got another question. Um, Robin, I can never say this last name. Chardier. Chardier. Chart. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, anyways, Robin says her mule has major separation disorder. So it's herd bound. Um, she says when, basically when the mule's tied up, the mule paws a lot. They're sour. Um, the mule paws a lot and she's asking about using hobbles. Should she or not? Uh, she's asking about using, um, patient's pull or whatever. So it sounds like it's mostly when the mule's tied up that this is go happening, uh, or at least how she explained it. It's happening all the time. It, it just manifests itself when you guys, you know, Robin, when you got this mule tied up, that's when it's coming about. But the mule's not not comfortable just being with itself, being on its own and dealing with itself. So, you know, let me speak on hobbles, I guess, while they're tied up. I use hobbles. All my mules are, are broke to hobbles. And a lot of times at these clinics, we will, uh, you know, like right now I'm in somebody's, we're in somebody's, uh, you know, uh, Alyssa's front yard here. And if I have a mule tied up, then I know well, we it's going to be... We have Dally, who yep. is new to all of this, I'm sure. So if I know that this mule, especially this, this Dally, she's brand new. This is her first time on the road. First clinic, right? She's only two. She's just two-year-old coming three. Um, you know, I know she's probably going to be pawing. So I'm going to put hobbles on so I don't tear up Alyssa's front yard, right? But is Dally going to learn anything while she's hobbled standing at the trailer? The answer is no. There's nothing going to be learned there. It's just a restriction so that she wouldn't paw. So, Robin, know that when you put hobbles on, when you have them tied up, there's nothing being taught. And there's a lot of examples of this in horsemanship and mulemanship where, you know, we put on restrictions. We put on bigger bits. We put on... Cavsons. Um, you know, Cavsons are a great example of doing nothing. Tie downs. Yeah, tie downs where, you know, we don't use tie downs because it's just a, you know... It just blocks it. There's nothing being taught. And so, you know, when it comes to hobbling, it's basically the same thing. I might put a set of hobbles on just so they wouldn't tear up somebody's driveway. But I know that that is not going to fix their pawing problem at all. What I'd do, Robin, is I'd, I'd do some quality work with this, this mule, um, you know, before you tie it up. I would get it in a good frame of mind before you tie it up, before you leave it. Um, while you ride your others because this is happening when she's riding her other animals so i would i would just have a have it in a good frame of mind and then i would do sh uh, short sessions and pay attention to that mule when that mule's looking a little bit better put it away um her question about the patience poll we've talked about high lines a ton on this podcast and and on these uh mule tip tuesday shows because that comes up a lot you know I think everybody should have a highland in their backyard. And I can't wait. As soon as the ground thaws out, I'm putting mine in at my new place here. Um, Just got to figure out where. Yeah, I just got to <laughs> figure out where. But, you know, everybody ought to have a highline up. It's just a great tool. And, you know, these meals learn how to paw when they don't have freedom to go. When they have freedom to go, they will learn and they'll make a choice to stay there. So if you're putting hobbles on them all the time, they're never really learning that they can move 
um, they just kind of deal with it. But then the second you take them off, if they're still tied like to a trailer or to a hitching post or whatever, they're just going to go to pawing. So you want to not put a bandaid on it and yep, get to their mind, you know? Okay, Robin, that was a good question. If you're on here, Robin, let me know last week. What I say, say, thanks. Yeah, I was telling to people to yeah. say thanks yeah. to him. Yeah, say thank you. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, Angela Kraus. Cruz. I can't Kraus. say these names right. You're really bad at it. I am really bad at it. <laughs> hey, I can remember names. But you know who this is. As soon as I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, as long as you know who it is. Angela. So, she watched our, our Herdbound video, she says. And she's wondering, so we got some similarities here. We got some Herdbound stuff this week. I guess it's Herdbound week. Um, so she watched the Herdbound video and she's wondering if there's a 10 minute daily exercise that will help with the buddy sourness. So if you watch the Herdbound video, Angela, do that. That's, that's why we made the video. If you can set up that exercise, it's a great exercise. If you guys aren't familiar, you can go on our video library or we have a DVD on fixing Herdbound. But basically... You know, when you're working on this herdbound stuff in the saddle, this is an in the saddle exercise that she's asking about. You know, you, you want to set it up to be easy to go away from their pals. And you want to make it a little bit more difficult to hang out with their pals. Now, since making this video even, I've, I've learned more about this whole herdbound crap. Because <laughs> it's really miserable, isn't it? You know, and it's just kind of like I was telling Sally earlier here that... You know, the biggest part of getting them so they're not herd bound um, is getting them right mentally, and you know, getting them centered. As we talk about these this herd bound stuff, you know, I often ask, okay, well, what are they doing when they are being quote herd bound? What are they doing? What do people usually say, Sky? Oh, well, I can't get them to go away from the group, or what else? What else would they usually say? Usually I can't get it to go away from the group. Um, my meal throws a fit when somebody else leaves the group. Um, Just being you know, split up at any point. Whatever it could, it could. There's lots of ways for it to come out, you guys. But you know, this whole idea of keeping them centered, getting them broke, get them to where they respect this, you know, imaginary box that we talk about. We talk about this rectangle, and keeping these meals centered. You know, we talk about keeping them between our legs, between our reins. And so, Angela, you know, do the actual exercise that I talk about in the Herdbound video, which is basically making it easy to go. And then second, Angela, work on the checklist. I just go through, get my mule handy. All of them, and here's, here's, kind, of the, here's kind of the bad news of the day, is they're all Herdbound, you guys. This is... This is a natural instinct God give them. They're going against and nature. It is. They're always going to be herd bound. And in fact, a lot of the things that we do, a lot of the ways that we work with these meals, um, we use that herd boundness. In fact, we want to get them herd bound to us. And so we're kind of using that. But if you can get them broke, if you can get them really handy, you can get them centered, well... You can take them wherever you want. They might be herd bound, but you can you can get them to go up that hill away from the group, or or over across that water away from the group, or you can ride them out by yourself. So, well, and you kind of get them to where they feel like they're being with you is that comfort of being with the herd. Yes, being with you, you're part of the herd. 
Yeah. So that's what you're trying to do. And we talk about this a lot where we're trying to get that mule comfortable with us. You know, we've talked about um, getting this learned response, this learned release, you know, getting them to where we can almost manually get them to relax around us. And that takes a lot of practice. So, Angela, let me know what you think of that. If you're on here watching, say hello and say thank you. <laughs> That's going to be kidding. our new thing. Just kidding. just kidding. You don't have to say thanks. Do you have the Highline video on the video library? Yeah. I know we made a video. There's some on the video library. I think there is the Highline video. It's also on YouTube. Yes. So we will, uh, and I got this, this summer I'm going on some pack trips, so I'm going to make some new Highline videos. That's going to be good. I got another question though. Luann Stallings. Are you on here, Luann? Are you watching live? Say hello. Or if you're listening later on the podcast, just leave us a comment. So Luann, she says she doesn't ride much when it's cold. So she's asking, what do I recommend for a tune-up? Okay, this is a really good question because she's not the only one. We got How a lot many of, people. of you are in the same boat? <laughs> yeah, if you're watching, if you're on the Facebook Live right now, or if you listen to the podcast, you can comment too. But how many of you don't ride much in the cold, and so the spring is a tune-up time? If that's you, leave a comment. This is a hit really good like question. Hit the like button. I want to see Yeah, it. hit the like button. <laughs> Let's hear it. Um, this is really good, really important. So I'll tell you the first thing, the first thing you lose physically when you guys give them the winter off, or really, it doesn't have to be the winter off. Uh, it can be a few weeks off. One of the first physical things you, you, you're you going to lose is your collection. That lateral and that vertical softness. You're going to lose that feel. Um, I promise you. And it doesn't matter how advanced you are. Um, you, like you, could be, you could be very advanced. In, yeah. And you could have this, this mule or this horse at a very high level. And if you don't keep them in shape, you're going to lose this collection. This takes a lot of muscle. A lot of work. So you're going to lose this. So that's the first thing. The second thing you're going to lose is this mental connection that we're talking about all the time. Getting this mule or this horse to want to work for you, want to please you, want to be with you, enjoy you being around. You're going to lose that, um, at least pieces of that. But let's talk about that first one, that collection, because that's a, uh, that's a, a very broad word as well. You know, when I when I get something that well, there's some meals we haven't rode. I haven't rode Riata much this winter at all. You know, I don't think I've been on her now for three weeks, maybe right. So when I get back on these meals for the first time, let me say no. I would do my groundwork checklist first. Check them out. No matter how good they were, um, you know, there's there's a saying in the horse and mule world: don't assume anything. <laughs> Make no assumptions. Don't assume that they're going to be good or bad. You go with them. We go with the mule or the horse. Then they go with us. Then we go together. So make no assumptions. So I'm going to do my groundwork. And I'm going to start building some softness. Mentally, that's what we talk about with the softness. That's the mental part of it. And I'm going to start working on that lightness, the physical part of it, after I get that softness. Well, and you got to think about them being out of shape they're going to be as out of well. Shape. Because, so doing your groundwork for one You'll be able to see them moving and and how they're feeling physically. And then same within the saddle. 
Yeah. Can fill any. Yeah, they're gonna be glitches. out of shape. They're gonna be out of shape, and they're gonna be fat and maybe sassy. You know, <laughs> so um, don't don't think they're gonna be like how you put them away. So if you didn't ride all winter, if the last time you got on your mule or your horse was October of 2020, and now we're going into spring of 2021, you know you're gonna have to get them in some physical shape, and you're gonna have to build that again, build that top line, build those hips, those shoulders, all those body parts. And so I would just start with a checklist. Um, you know, I'd just start building and and get those hindquarters warmed up, get those shoulders warmed up, start putting it together. Um, I'm not going to jump out there and expect them to do a flying lead change right off the bat. I'm not going to jump out there after them sitting around all winter long for four or five months and saddle them up and expect to go ride, you know, go on a big, uh, a, a big ride, you know. Well, even Ellie likes to get out. First thing she mm -hmm. wants to do is lope. And just the other day, we had to tell her, like, take it easy. They, yep. These old ladies haven't been out, the, the two older mules, you know. Part of the checklist. Part of the checklist that we teach you guys, a lot of people, and this kind of goes along with the very first tip here, was, you know, following this checklist, a lot of people think about the physical exercises um, and the obedience part. They think about obedience. I'm trying to get my mule or my horse to be obedient. But this checklist, if you break it down, and, it, and hopefully you've taken the time to write these things down, um... But as you go through them, you realize that we're warming up body parts of the mule as we begin. We're, we're getting them loosened up. We're getting them warmed up. That way, when we get into the more advanced moves, they're ready. And I'm not going to pull something, hurt something, break something on that mule or that horse. Um, they're going to be ready. They're going to be warmed up. No different than you doing your stretches, your your warm-up warm up before, before you a major workout or a major hike or before you ride, you gotta stretch out before you ride. I do every day. So anyways, those are some good questions. Um, you got anything you want to add to any of them, Sky? Any, any other last tips of advice, of pure knowledge? Uh, nope. <laughs> all right. Okay. I already gave out all my knowledge. Hey, those are some good questions. And you know, if you guys have any questions, feel free to comment here on this post or feel free to send me an email, ty at tsmules dot com and just post on there um or or put in the subject line if you send me an email question for mule tip tuesday and we'll put you on the on the list hey we're also taking questions for our newsletter you guys been getting the newsletter every monday sent it out yesterday and if you notice this year i'm adding a question of the week and i take their question and you guys can read the question with all the details sky says it's too much to read no yeah, I did. did no, I that. didn't say it's too much. It's I just lot. said, he said, did you read it? And I said, yeah, it was really long. <laughs> uh, yeah. But hey, I wanted to put all the detail in those questions so that you guys can get the backstory. Because sometimes here, you know, here, like we just to kind of abbreviate the questions so we can fit them in on this show. But uh, if you guys want, want to check out those questions of the week, look them up on the newsletter or send them. If you have a question, send them in. We'd love to uh, answer those questions for you and feature you on the newsletter or here on meal tip tuesday so and we've been doing um what do you call them host host highlights highlights that's yep clinic coast highlights every week so if you guys want to learn more about our clinic coast we're posting those in the newsletter i'm trying to give you guys lots of good free content on that newsletter you know besides just the daily diaries which 
in and of itself is awesome, I think, but I'm biased. So Well, it's good because there are people, you know, some of you can follow along and you might have some of the same stuff. And maybe some of you don't have to deal with that, but maybe one day you will. Yep. Or you might have a friend that does and you have a little more information. So, Jared Beck, he's commented here. He says, how do you get the newsletter? Jared, you just go to our website. And if you go to tsmeals.com, there should be a pop-up that says subscribe here. It's free. Our newsletter is free. We send it out every Monday. Um, but... You know, you go to our website, and it's also on the homepage. If yeah, you scroll you just down, scroll to the bottom. So you you go on there and and uh, if you can't figure it out, message us. Yep, we'll let us know. You. But hey, that newsletter's free. Everybody should be subscribed to that. Um, I appreciate you guys following along. So, oh wait, and then you kind of mentioned it. Um, Ty started doing. Um, <laughs> I'm like losing the words. Um, your clinic debrief. Oh yeah. You know, so after the, it's been only two clinics so far, but he'll make a podcast and record kind of some highlights from there as well. So that has been fun, especially last week when I didn't get a go. It was really fun for me to hear all that went on. So um, you can check that out. Yeah, on, on our podcast. podcast. Everyday, everyday Meal Meship with Ty Evans. And um, some of these folks are going to be listening to this on the podcast. Yeah, so they're going to think that's kind of funny. But you ought to be listening to the debriefs because I talk about what happened, what went on, highlights. and The first and, one had... Um, Bolting. A lot about bolting meals, which we get questions about yep. probably daily. Yep. And then what was this? This one, one was... we had all sorts of stuff going on. So there's yeah. lots of little tips and, well, not really tips, but just talking about what we worked through. So anyways, thank you guys for tuning in. You know, if it's not too much to ask, would you please leave us a review? Especially if you guys listen to these on Apple Podcasts. Um, if you're watching here live on Facebook... Uh, comment and let us know what you think of these Meal Tip Tuesdays. Uh, love to hear from you. Um, love to read your comments. So, God bless you guys. Oh, and we will see this you... week. What? Arizona, Sayurita. Yep. We are in Sayurita, <laughs> Arizona. If you want to come watch, spectators are absolutely allowed, and um, life is going to be good here. So, come hang ne out. Next week is Cave Creek, Arizona. We have one spot opened up because we had a cancellation. Yep. And then after that, we've got Sedona and has two spots. Okay. Thanks, guys.